I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, this is The Look Ahead. Here on VSIN, the sports betting network, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R, as Super Wild Card Weekend is almost finished in the NFL, as we will take an extended weekend with a Martin Luther K day or night day night game, that Martin, Luther, Martin Luther King day night game. And that is between the Rams and the Cardinals Monday night football as we finalize the division round of the NFL playoffs. Two games on Saturday, three games here on Sunday, and the favorites, they go four and one, both straight up and against the spread, with the only underdog covering being the San Francisco 49ers who won the game outright. Meaning, going back to that trend that we gave out so many times with Steve Mackinnon's article on vsin.com and in Point Spread Weekly, the outright winner coming into this playoffs, the outright winner in the last 56 wild card games had covered the spread 48 times. And so when you count all five of the winners here in wild card weekend, now covering the spread, that means that of the last... 61 wild card games, we have had 53 outright winners cover the spread. It's unbelievable. What the trend tells you is that if you like the favorite, you bet them ATS. If you like the underdog, you bet them on the money line. It worked out with the 49ers. Will it work out with the Arizona Cardinals? The Cardinals, three-and-a-half-point dogs, plus 160 on the money line against the Rams, who are laying three-and-a-half and are minus 190. Some matchups are already set. We will now wait to see what happens with this game and who will advance to take on the Tampa Bay Bucks. For your divisional round of the NFL playoffs, the 49ers will be at... The Green Bay Packers. Packers are five-point favorites at home 
total of 47 and a half. The Cincinnati Bengals will be at the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are three-point favorites, total of 47 and a half. And the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are two and a half point favorites with a total of 53. And then the winner of the Rams and the Cardinals will be at the Bucks. And that is probably, eh, I'd make it at least three and a half, uh, depending. You know, basically seeing what the Bucks did here to the Philadelphia Eagles. And Tom Brady, he, he is ready to get another Super Bowl ring. And that's what went down here this weekend. There was really no surprises. The 49ers were kind of a public dog. A lot of people were on them. That was the most polarizing game of the weekend by far because the other games were really non-competitive. The Bengals Raiders turned out to be competitive late. Um, You know, at one point, you're asking yourself, watching that first half, how are the Raiders still in the football game? And it was because their defense kept holding up in the red zone and holding the Bengals to field goals. And so they were able to hang around, hang around, and they score a touchdown before the end of the half. It's a 20-13 half, and then in the second half, it was just not a lot of scoring, and it wound up being a 26-19 final. The Raiders had a chance at the end. They weren't able to do anything. The Bills completely blow out the Patriots, embarrass them. The Bucks blow out the Eagles. Again, the score, much like the last time these two teams played in the regular season, not indicative of how dominant the game was. I mean, the Eagles scored 15 points in the fourth quarter when the Bucks were just like, all right, go ahead. <laughs> 31 to 15 final score there. And then the Chiefs absolutely demolish the Pittsburgh Steelers, whose offense is just so putrid. I mean, they were by far the worst playoff team that we've seen in several years. The Cowboys 49ers game, that was the most polarizing game. And I think it was the game, and we'll talk to Dwayne Clucci from the Rampart Race and Sportsbook coming up a little bit later on this hour, and I believe that was the game that had the most handle. And that game, at first, you're watching it thinking, the 49ers are going to blow out the Cowboys. And then as the game went on, I kept on thinking to myself, wow, you know, the Cowboys actually aren't that behind this 49ers team. Like, I wouldn't watch that game thinking the 49ers were so much better than the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys were actually the better team this season. But the Cowboys kept shooting themselves in the foot. The penalties were unbelievable. They had 14 penalties. And a lot of them came in terrible situations, including the one at the end when they're trying to come up with a defensive stop to get the football back. They get called for a defensive holding on a running play. Huh? First off, I don't know how the ref makes that call. There's holding on every play. Like, how many times in the regular season do you remember seeing a holding call on a running play, because I could probably count them on one hand. And to make that call not once but twice in the in a playoff game, I, I, that's that's a little bit too much for me. 
Yes, they showed the slow motion replay, and, and yes, you can see that there was a hold, and I understand the nature of the rule, but come on. If you watch that play at the end, it that play, the hold didn't factor into the running back being stopped. So it was a, away from the play. I just thought it was a little ticky-tack to call in what was the biggest moment of the game. But even still, the Cowboys got the football back with a chance and completely botch the final possession. First off, I thought Kyle Shanahan completely botched that final possession because he should have went for it on fourth down instead of punting. After they got called for the penalty or the delay, whatever it was, you know, they, they go for it on the fourth down, they a fourth and inches, then there was a penalty, so then they decide, then they punt it. I still would have went for it. Because it took the Cowboys two plays to get to midfield where they would have had the football anyway. And then just the complete lunacy of how that drive ended with Dak running the ball up the middle and trying to spike the ball and there was no time left. And everyone's yelling about the official and how the official, it's dumb that they have to wait for the official. That's the rules. That's football. We've known this. Instead of running the ball up the middle, what Dak Prescott should have done since the 49ers were giving them the middle of the field, they were defending the sidelines, what they should have done is Dak should have passed it to a wide receiver over the middle. And then as that wide receiver's running down the middle of the field, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offensive line can run behind them. And so when that receiver gets tackled, they can flip the ball to the official and Dak and the offensive line are already lined up, ready to spike the football. Instead, Dak was the one running. Dak was the one that had to slide down and then get up. The offensive line were blocking for him. So they had to then run and get lined up. Just completely botched. Completely botched. I thought Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore had a terrible game. I even thought, you know, uh, John Fossil had a terrible game because after that fake punt, the Cowboys tried to get the 49ers to call a timeout on defense so they kept their punt unit on the field. It was just, just a disaster. The bottom line in all of this is let me read you this box score 21 first downs for the 49ers. 20 for the Cowboys. 341 total yards for the 49ers. 307 for the Cowboys. There was no real difference between these two teams in this game. Except 9 penalties for the 49ers. 14 for the Cowboys. The 14 came in bad spots. And I did not come away from this game thinking that the 49ers are this great football team. I came away from this football game thinking the Dallas Cowboys put on a clinic on how to lose a football game. Yes, did the 49ers look good on that first drive running the football? Did Elijah Mitchell look really good running the football? Yep. Is Debo Samuel the most dynamic non-quarterback in the NFL? You Absolutely. You bet he is. But with the injuries, and we'll see if Bosa is able to come back and play next week, 
I, I don't know. I just, I'm not comfortable betting on this 49ers team and going to Lambeau. I don't think that if they play the way that they played against the Cowboys, Packers aren't going to make those mistakes. And they're not beating Green Bay on the road with that performance. And Jimmy G with that interception, come on, dude. Come on. Just That was just a terrible game. A terrible football game. Let's continue to look ahead to the divisional round and see which games we have early leans on. Coming up next, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sandberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VCN, the sports betting network. We have three games set already for next weekend's divisional round of the playoffs. We know that the 49ers will be at the Packers, Bengals at the Titans, the Bills at the Chiefs, and then the winner of the Rams and Cardinals for tonight will play against the Tampa Bay Bucks in Tampa. Which team? is likely to pull the upset. Well, the odds would indicate it's the Buffalo Bills. And boy, that is going to be an exciting game. It's also a rematch of a game that we saw earlier this season. In fact, we have the potential for three rematches here in the divisional round. We already have two. Packers and 49ers. That game was uh, week three. And it was a 30-28 win for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, We have also a rematch of the Bills and the Chiefs from week five, and that was a 38-20 win for the Bills in Kansas City. And let's say the Rams win, we could have a rematch of also another week three game 
Rams beating the Bucks 34-24 in L.A. The uh, Tampa Bay um, did not play against the Cardinals this year. Going back to that win over the 49ers in um, San Francisco, the 49ers scored with 37 seconds left to take the lead over the Packers. And kicking the ball off to Aaron Rodgers with 37 seconds left, this is what happened. A 25-yard completion to Devontae Adams. A spike to stop the clock. An incomplete pass to Devontae Adams. Then a 17-yard completion to Devontae Adams, followed by another spike, and a Mason Crosby 51-yard game-winning field goal. Devontae Adams had 12 catches for 132 yards and a touchdown. 49ers were not able to stop him. And I don't know if that if this game is going to feel different. <laughs> because I don't know if anybody's stopping Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Nothing about this 49ers performance against the Cowboys shows me that they're going to be able to contain Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Okay, they shut down C.D. Lamb. All due respect to C.D., he's not Devontae Adams. Amari Cooper had you know, a couple decent catches. So it's not like they shut down both weapons for the Cowboys. I thought Dak actually played a terrible game. So I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to, be, to play like Dak did. Um, also, so many plays in this game where Dak Prescott ignored Ezekiel Elliott coming out of the backfield. And yes, we found out after the game that Zeke was playing hurt. So was that the reason why Dak didn't pass it to him? If that's the case, I mean, then why was he in the game to begin with? Just put Tony Pollard in there. But there were so many plays as I was watching that game where Ezekiel Elliott coming out of the backfield was wide open in the flat. Granted, they wouldn't have been monster games, but they were easy completions that could have kept possessions alive. You get three, four yards. You live to fight another down. Instead of throwing it incomplete, you gain some positive yards, and maybe Zeke breaks a tackle on the outside. There was like four plays in a row where Dak didn't even look in his direction and instead forced the ball into some bad spots. Aaron Rodgers doesn't make those mistakes. Aaron Rodgers goes through his progressions better than anybody in the NFL. I just think that it would take a much better performance from the 49ers than we saw in this game. And I know everyone's going to praise them because they were everyone's darling underdog. And everyone's going to praise them for this win and Jimmy G this and the 49ers uh, offensive line and defense and this and the pass rush and whatnot. They're in for a rude awakening in Lambeau. 
and Jimmy Garoppolo, you can't make the mistake that you made here against the Cowboys and throw that bad interception. You don't do that against the Green Bay Packers. Because I'll tell you what, Packers are going to score. And I know I thought that about the Cowboys too, because the Cowboys, they do average 33 points per game at home, 36 points per game at home. But I'm telling you, this Packers team, they're special. Right now, the favorite to win the Super Bowl is the Green Bay Packers still. They are at plus 380. The Kansas City Chiefs are next at plus 400. Then Bills plus 500, Bucks plus 500. To win the NFC, Packers plus 160, Bucks plus 200, Niners plus 550, Rams plus 650, Cardinals plus 1,200. The spread in the 49ers game against the Packers is at 5. And I think it's a good number. I don't see the Packers losing this one at home. I really don't. I really don't. Bengals-Titans. I got to be honest with you. I think the Bengals are in a fade spot. Now, they look pretty good at times against the Raiders. But I think that that game was their, I don't want to call it their Super Bowl, but that was... That was a big game. That was a celebration. You know, to get into the playoffs, to end a playoff drought. And I saw an incredible uh, tweet going around the internet that the Cincinnati Bengals' last playoff win was in 1991. And the first text message ever sent was in 1992. So on Saturday, somebody sent a text message about the Bengals winning a playoff game for the first time in mankind, in history. It's pretty wild. The crowd was incredible at Paul Brown Stadium. It was just a coronation of what has been an incredible season for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and the Cincinnati Bengals. But now you got to go on the road to Tennessee to play against the Titans who could have Derrick Henry back, but even if they don't, they play a physical brand of football. The type of physical football that I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals do well with. Now, the Bengals had success this year against the Baltimore Ravens. So you want to say, okay, they handled a physical team in the Ravens? I got to be honest with you. The Ravens this year were not really a physical football team like the Ravens of old or like we know, you know, We've grown accustomed to seeing from the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson was their leading rusher with 767 yards. That's not a physical football team. You know, Derrick Henry is a physical runner. Even, you know, Dante Foreman, who did a really nice job filling in for Derrick Henry. 
is a physical runner. That offensive line loves to run block. As indicative by the incredible rushing stats of their running backs. I just don't think the Bengals match up well with the Titans. And I don't see them going into Nashville and coming away with an upset. Let's get the story from the book. We'll find out exactly what went down, especially with the big Cowboys and 49ers game. How was the handle? How challenging is it now to set these odds for next week's games? Dwayne Colucci from the Rampart Casino, the race and sportsbook manager, will join me coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available on vsin.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to vsin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vsin.com slash NFL. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's talk more about this super wild card weekend and look ahead to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs with Dwayne Colucci, the racing sportsbook manager over at the Rampart Casino. And, and Dwayne, let's start with the games from this past weekend. Which one, and I assume it's the Cowboys game, but which one did have the most handle over at the Rampart in the South Point? Yeah, definitely, Scott. The Cowboy game is right up there. Uh, definitely the top handle game. You know, you did have the Las Vegas Raiders involved as well. I'm not going to say that that wasn't a big handle game, but definitely when Dallas meets San Francisco, that's just massive, massive handle. You've heard me speak about the Cowboys being involved in the playoffs before, and it definitely adds. And bookmakers love it. Uh, you know, I wish they could have gone a little further, not only from a, a fan perspective, but after the first two games today, I mean, we were sitting pretty uh, at the book. You know, uh, Chris and the boys did a fabulous job. We had good handle on the first game as well. Uh, a lot of late money came in on Philadelphia. You saw that game cave. You know, at one point, it even got down to seven. And, you know, I, I, that was kind of a head scratcher, in my opinion. I really thought that uh, we would have more Tom Brady backers. But even the Sharps were jumping on the Eagles and very surprising. You know, I, I, I value the Eagles. I think they're a good, solid team. But, you know, Tom Brady at this point in the playoffs, uh, you know, very, very difficult to stop. And you saw how high-powered their offense looked. Third string running back, Bernard is just running crazy. Evans got off. And uh, Brady, you know, he, he was a little tentative at first, but he started to get accurate. But uh, the Dallas game, I'll tell you the truth, that was the biggest, uh, you know, I don't want to say it was a stinker of a game because we had such a great handle on it and we did well on the game, but to watch it from a fan's perspective and from a football perspective, it was just a, a bad game to watch. What an absolute debacle it was, Dwayne. Yeah, it really just, was. There's no other way around. That was an absolute debacle. And I'll tell you, I talked about this game a lot and and I don't look at this performance from San Francisco and really come away impressed with them. 
I know everyone's going to talk about them because, oh, a big win on the road, and they were everyone's darling underdog, and now they can go into Lambeau and beat the Packers. I'm sorry. If they play the same game that they played here against the Cowboys, Green Bay's not going to beat themselves like Dallas beat themselves in this game. They're going to lose to the 40, they're going to lose to the Packers pretty handedly in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, Scott. You know, you know they don't have McCarthy there to keep them in the game. You know, uh, now that's why Green Bay has changed coaches. And that's <laughs> what we, uh, you know, it was just, you know, as a Cowboy fan, and I'm a realist, Scott, if you're watching that game today, you knew it was over after the first drive. When you come out that soft and the team is just chipping away with 10, 15, 20 yards, they average 10 yards per uh, gain on that first possession. And, you know, I was watching the game. I knew Dallas was going to be up against it. Then you got Prescott with the deer in headlights look, and he just can't overcome anything. But then on the other side of the ball, you know, you get 15 penalties called against Dallas, which is helping you along. And Shanahan still is dangling the game out there and they can't put it away. And they look very one dimensional. And the more that Jimmy G has to do, the less it seems he can produce. And credit to Samuel, credit to a lot of their players there. The running game was off the hook. But I got to say, you know, the referees, not that the calls were that bad. A lot of them were merit. Dallas really didn't play well. They weren't disciplined. But spotting the ball, let's uh, look at that, uh, what was it, the delay of game. Yeah. yeah. After they made the completion on the punt, mm-hmm. the guy was not releasing the football. He was spotting it. He respotted it two or three times. Now Dallas tried to draw a penalty. They had their defense, uh, their punting team, I should say, yep. stay on the field a little too long. But the guy has to spot that ball. That was ready. The last play is just a bad call by uh, McCarthy or Prescott. If he called the audible, they had to run. You can't run in that position. You know the game is going to end. But even there, they're having trouble spotting the ball. So those were the only two questionable maneuvers I, I felt on the refs. And a few holdings that they let uh, go on San Francisco as well. It seemed like uh, you know they got one-sided calling against Dallas. Don't get me wrong. Dallas played horrible. It was one of their worst games of the season. And you can't have that. You can't come out of the gate like that. Uh, the Green Bay Packers will never play like that, Scott. I'm telling you now, in Lambeau Field, it's going to be a different game. That's why we opened it uh, pumped up. You know, you're seeing now five and a half. You're going to get some buy down on that early on. We're still at five and a half at the South Point, 48 the total. I, I like the Packers in this game. San Francisco didn't prove much to me. I agree with you. Yep. Uh, the Buffalo Bills going up against the Kansas City Chiefs after what both of those offenses did to their opponents. Uh, you, you would expect it to be the highest total on the board, and it is right now at 53. I'm seeing at some books, and the spread is very interesting to me, Dwayne, because I'm seeing two and a halfs, uh, and I even saw a two on the board with the Chiefs, and I, I think that that's maybe too much recency bias. Uh, because I think the Kansas City Chiefs should be a little heavier favored here over the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, definitely. You know, when we're booking these games, though, Scott, what we have to do is make it appealing to the public. So, you know, you bring it down a little bit and you try and get some of that Buffalo attraction that, oh, yeah, maybe they are here. And that was Josh Allen's best game by far of the season. And they really put it uh, a beating on New England. I mean, they scored on every single possession until they were dealing out the clock. A perfect game. and. That is very, very impressive. I don't care who the opponent is, and especially against the Bill Belichick coach team. So, you know, they proved a lot. 
But you saw the Chiefs. They look like a machine tonight. I think the opponents were very similar. The Patriots are a little better than the Steelers. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't play uh, up to par. The Steelers, at least, you know, Ben had some incentive and was throwing the ball down the field, and they were able to put up 21 points, although a couple were late. You know, I I really think that Buffalo is a little overvalued. We're going to see some Buffalo money, but I think late, we're going to see a lot of chief money come in, especially because they have that home field advantage. Tyreek Hill looked uh, excellent again tonight. They have so many weapons, and you could see the difference between a Mahomes and a Dak Prescott, for instance. This guy just plays with massive confidence. When he's pressured, he's able to wing the ball down the field. You know, they run at the proper times, very well coached. Another difference where McCarthy is not as good as Andy Reid. We see that. And I do believe Buffalo's a little overvalued because we did possibly see their peak game, Scott. And, you know, it's going to be an interesting game because everybody waited for this, a 2-3 matchup. I love it from a handle perspective and a very tough game to handicap for the public. All right, so let's uh, project forward here. Cardinals-Rams. If it's the Cardinals at the Bucks or the Rams against the Bucks, which line is higher? Like, are the are the Bucks favored more over the Cardinals than they would be over the Rams, or is it going to be similar? Depend with either team winning. Well, it definitely depends on how how impressive the team looks. But I would definitely say the Rams would be less of an underdog than Arizona will be okay. going into. Tampa Bay. That's my impression. You know, the Rams are a much flashier team and we have to rein it in because we're in close proximity to LA. So you don't want to exploit because we know we're going to get a lot of handle on the Rams. If they come out of this uh, game, you know, the LA fans, they're really, really poised and strong. Not that the Arizona fans are it, but there's a little more money backing with the Rams fans at my shop, at least. And I think Chris would agree with that uh, over at the South point as well. And if they're able to overcome and contain Murray and uh, you know if Clingsbury doesn't have that good game plan it's going to be definitely where the Rams do win the game advance on and I believe they would be a slightly smaller underdog against Tampa Bay coming out of that game than Arizona would be you mentioned that there was a lot of late money coming in this weekend before the games do you expect some more money to come in before the Monday night game and do you think it could influence the line yeah, definitely. I think we're sitting at a good number, though, now, Scott. You know, you've seen it come down from the four to three and a half, but we're not seeing it get to that three. I think we're going to see in this game a lot of two-way action because this is an intriguing matchup. The Rams limped in. I mean, they looked really bad in the last couple of quarters against uh, San Francisco. Arizona, I believe, has lost, what, four out of five, so they're limping in as well. I think this is another tough game to handicap, especially for the public. You saw the Sharps jump on the four early on. Matt Stafford a little unproven in the playoffs. We know that. But several weapons and that great defense. Uh, You know, uh, the last good game that Arizona played was against Dallas. Uh, Other than that, I haven't seen much to build on and create a resume to really impress in this matchup. So I'm liking the Rams. I mean, you know, I liked a lot of the favorites uh, this weekend other than the Buffalo, actually. Mm. So, you know, I think Stafford's capable to get one win. I think both teams will be up against it, playing against Tampa, who looked really phenomenal this weekend. So, uh, you know, yeah, I think the Rams will come out in this game, but I think the public is going to have trouble. I think we're sitting at a great number at three and a half. It will not get to three, in my opinion. Dwayne, appreciate the time and the insight as always, man. Enjoy the game on Monday night. 
Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. He's Dwayne Colucci from the Rampart Racing Sportsbook. I'm Scott Sadenberg. It's the look ahead here on VSIN. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back to the segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Zadenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. My thanks to Dwayne Colucci, the race and sportsbook manager over at the Rampart Casino, for uh, joining me in his weekly spot as we talked about this super wild card weekend and trying to look ahead to the divisional round of the playoffs. And uh, I think this Bills game against the Chiefs is fascinating because, yes, both of these offenses looked incredible in their wild card wins. Like the Buffalo Bills pitched a perfect game. They scored a touchdown on every single possession. No punts, no turnovers, and kneel downs at the end. The Kansas City Chiefs started out slowly and then absolutely rolled and dominated, scoring five touchdowns in a matter of minutes. In fact, Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdown passes in 11 minutes and 31 seconds, the fastest in NFL postseason history. That's unbelievable. In 11 minutes and 31 seconds of game time, Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdown passes. No quarterback in NFL history has more games with 400 passing yards and five touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes. 
He has four such games in his 72 career starts, including the playoffs. That's one more than Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, and Joe Montana had. That's unbelievable. That's just unbelievable. Speaking of unbelievable, side note, as I'm looking at uh, some, some stats here, T.J. Watt and his brother, J.J. Watt, they both scored their first career touchdowns in the playoffs. T.J.'s scoop and score here against the Chiefs was his first career touchdown. And J.J. Watt, back in 2011, in a wild card game against the Bengals, he had a pick six. That was his first career touchdown. That's pretty interesting. Pretty cool uh, for both of them. Uh, anyway, this Chiefs team is special. And with all due respect to the Buffalo Bills, who played an incredible game, going into Arrowhead is now going to be a different animal than playing at home against the Patriots, against a divisional opponent that you know well that you have really dominated this season in both games. When these two teams played earlier this season, the Bills came in with a little bit of chip on their shoulder. It was a rematch of the AFC Championship game from last year. And it was at a point in the season where the Bills were off to an incredible start. And the Chiefs were trying to find themselves. Because the Chiefs started the season very poorly. In that game, Patrick Mahomes threw for 272 yards and two touchdowns, but he also threw two interceptions and lost a fumble. Three of the four turnovers from the Kansas City Chiefs were Patrick Mahomes' fault. And in that game, they lost Clyde Edwards-Alaire to a knee injury. So Mahomes wound up being the leading rusher for the Chiefs in that game. Travis Kelsey left at the end of the game after taking a hit to the head. Um, The Chiefs had a chance to come back. Um, However, after an interception of Josh Allen, Frank Clark was called for roughing the passer. So instead of the um, Chiefs getting the football back down 31-20, the Bills got a fresh set of downs. They went on to score a touchdown, making the score 38-20, to and the game was over. Comparing both team stats in that game, the Chiefs had 29 first downs to the Bills' 20 first downs. Uh, The Bills had 436 total yards. The Chiefs, 392. The Chiefs had seven penalties for 55 yards. The Bills, 10 penalties for 103. Time of possession, Bills, 27 minutes, 35 seconds. The Chiefs, 32 minutes and 25 seconds. The big difference in the game, zero turnovers for the Buffalo Bills, four turnovers for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's how you lose a football game. The game started, Chiefs got the ball first, 
17 plays have to settle for a field goal. Okay. All right. You're up 3 nothing still. Bills score a touchdown. Then the Chiefs turn the football over. They didn't do anything. The Bills did. Chiefs then score a touchdown. It's a 10-7 lead. Bills score a touchdown. It's now 14-10. A punt. Bills get a field goal. Now it's 17-10. Then the Chiefs get the ball down to the 32-yard line and go for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal. Again, you never know how the game's going to play out, but 17-13, all right, looks a little different than what wound up happening, which is the Chiefs turning the football over on downs and the Buffalo Bills, thanks to a 53-yard pass from Josh Allen to Dawson Knox, score a touchdown. Now it's 24-10 instead of 17-13. The Chiefs then get a field goal to close out the half. It's 24-13. Then it was a pick six that made the score 31-13. Then the Chiefs throw another interception, 31-13. Eventually they would score a touchdown to make it 31-20. Made the interception, but then it was overturned because of the roughing the passer. Bills score a touchdown to make it 38-20, to and then the Chiefs would fumble again and turn the football over, and that was all she wrote. So you can see over the course of the game how it could have played out differently. Early on, taking the points would have made it a 17-13 football game. Instead, it winds up being 24-10. A pick six turns a 24-13 game into a 31-13 game, and that possession, the following possession, is then followed by another interception. We're going to see a much different Kansas City Chiefs team next week than what we saw in that matchup earlier this season in Week 5. The Kansas City Chiefs, through the first five, six weeks of the season, defensively were one of the worst teams in the NFL. They were giving up 33 points, 36, 29 points, 36 points, 30 points, 30 points, 38 points. But then from week six on through the remainder of the season, the Kansas City Chiefs actually had the best defense in the NFL, only allowing about 16 points per game. And... I think going up against the Bills now, this is going to be another Kansas City Chiefs win. And I think that the fact that you're getting them at under a field goal is honestly a gift. Chiefs' money line is minus 135. And that might be my favorite pick of the weekend. And I know it's going to be fun and attractive to bet the Bills as an underdog, especially should this line get north of a field goal? But I just don't see it. I just don't see the Bills beating this Kansas City Chiefs team. And frankly, I don't see, I don't see anybody in the AFC beating this Kansas City Chiefs team. They're going back to the Super Bowl. 
I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll continue to look ahead to the divisional round of the playoffs. We have a Monday night game, obviously, to wrap up Wild Card Weekend, so we'll get into the Rams and the Cardinals coming up. This is The Look Ahead here on v I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21-plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.